Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Not a moment of emergency. My wife and I need an ambulance for bleeding. I was called at approximately 4 o'clock in the morning. On February 3rd, 2018, there had been a home invasion robbery in the area of Hale Plantation. You said someone was in your house? Yes. I'm being advised that the wife has severe injuries and was currently being trauma alerted to our area hospital. You woke up to her scream. And tall figure with he mass starts uh, fighting with you. What do you nice. see? I felt something sharp. Susan Rochelle almost died that night. If Susan had died, the truth of what happened that night would die with her. When Susan Rochelle comes out of surgery, she tells investigators that there is no intruder and that the person who inflicted all of the injuries that she is suffering from is Michael Rochelle. This case is about the power of money. It's about the power of desire for control. When Susan asked for a divorce, Michael Rochelle snapped. When he was faced with the prospect that he would have to give her half of his fortune, he made a calculated and premeditated decision to kill. This is the knife that was used to stab Susan. The bending in this knife, you believe, is a result of it hitting bone and it bent the blade. That's correct. All rise for the jury. Members of the jury, we're just going to lay here until you die, Sue. We're just going to lay here until you die. Those are the words of that defendant. 
Michael Rochelle, spoken to his wife of 10 years, Susan Rochelle. I got close to her right here, and her hand comes out and... Was there anything in her hand? Yeah, a knife. There's no way on God's green earth that my father would stab anyone. Was Mike's daughter, Caroline, a source of conflict in the marriage? Absolutely. Didn't you tell Michael Rochelle that you hated Caroline? Those words came out, yeah. And in fact, you called her a bitch. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Never in one million years would I think that my wedding would be the catalyst of all of this. Who do you believe brought the knife into that incident? Susan Rochelle. Who do you believe was the attacker in the February 2nd incident? Susan Rochelle. And who was the victim? My father. you and how did you learn that your father on February 3rd, 2018 had been arrested? I was in Chicago with my husband and I got an incoming call on my cell phone. This is a collect call from... It was a recording that said an inmate from the Alachua County Jail has called you. An inmate at the Alachua County Department... Minutes later, the phone rang again. Caroline Rochelle quickly answered and heard the voice she'd known her entire life. And he said, Caroline, you have to get me out of here. You need to call my lawyer. And I dropped to the sidewalk and I just sat on the sidewalk. The events leading to the arrest of Mike Rochelle began to unwind very early that morning after he called police. Tell me exactly what happened. I don't know. Someone's in the house, and next thing I know, I wake up next to my wife and we're bleeding. Mike reported that he and his wife, Sue, had been stabbed by an intruder inside their home in an upscale section of Gainesville. You're fine with the subject, and he just ran off. You managed to scare him off? Yeah, I guess. Sue's injuries were life-threatening, and as medics rushed to save her, Detective David Visconti was called to the scene. There was no force entry initially observed by any of our deputies. No broken window, no knocked down door, nothing like that at all. No, sir. Still, Visconti had no doubt that something terrible had happened inside that house. 
there was most certainly a struggle. There was a vast amount of blood around the bed that was located on the wall of the bedroom. But overall, the scene was missing something, Visconti said, and he did not believe a violent intruder had been there. Typically, we'll see many things knocked over furniture, items broken, um, indentations in the walls, in the drywall. Did you see any of that? None of those things were present. What's more, the Rochelles had security cameras covering the outside of the house. The intruder allegedly fleeing the house from that direction is something that would have been captured on video. The veteran detective was becoming suspicious. Then, hours later, Sue awoke from surgery and broke this case wide open, telling detectives that the story about an intruder attacking them was a lie. She claimed that Mike concocted the whole thing and that he was her true assailant. Mike was arrested and charged with attempted murder. He could never have done anything like this. Mike's ex-wife, Dee Dee Hoffman, was incredulous. I have known Michael James Rochelle since I was 19, and I wouldn't be here today if I thought Mike was possibly capable of harming another person. Dee Dee met Mike in college. They married and had two daughters, Caroline and Kate. During your many years with Mike, was he ever physically abusive to you? He never touched me, not ever. Never. But, like in many marriages, there were problems. Mike made millions in the technology business, but his job required him to travel all over the world. Truthfully, he wasn't around much, <laughs> so it was, it was hard. In 2005, after 25 years of marriage, Dee Dee asked for a divorce. Dee Dee said she moved out of the family home so their children, away at college, could always return to the house where they were raised. But soon, another woman unexpectedly joined the family. I moved out in July, but then all of a sudden, Susan moves into our house. Sue was then 38 years old and a hospice nurse. She and Mike, 49, met on Match.com, and Dee Dee says Sue quickly became the lady of the manor. Dee Dee says everything she left behind, including her dog, became Sue's. Mike and I were really opposites. He was engaging and outgoing, and I was really, and I think I still am, more reserved, not quite so exuberant. And I think he was looking for exuberance. Caroline remembers the first time she met Sue at a dinner. And... My dad seemed to be laughing and having a good time. But Caroline says she couldn't help but notice how much Sue was drinking. We've never seen anyone take down five to six martinis and be able to stand and speak. Some two years after they met, Mike married Sue in August 2007. Mike stopped traveling and bought a local business. The couple's happier times are reflected in some of the thousands of text messages that surfaced during legal proceedings. Mike refers to Sue as his trophy bride and writes that their lives together are simply amazing. But Caroline says Sue became jealous of the close relationship she had with her father and tried to keep them apart. 
she had such walls around him. He wouldn't call me unless he was in a car alone. He wasn't allowed to take my call in front of her. But surprisingly, when Caroline announced in 2016 that she was getting married, Sue was happy to help. But Caroline says Sue wanted to do it her way. Sue was pretty adamant about throwing me a shower. My mother was invited, but none of my mother's friends were invited. So the majority of the guests were Sue's friends and family. But Caroline admits the shower was a lot of fun, and she was looking forward to the wedding. Sue helped her pick out a dress. I tried on a dress, and I liked it. And Sue kept telling me, like, this is your dress, this is your dress, it's so beautiful, you have to have this. Sue handed over her credit card, and it was done. Do you mind me asking how much the dress was worth? Ugh. This is so gauche. I think it was eleven. Eleven thousand dollars. Yes. The wedding itself in November 2017 would be a royal-like affair. The setting was the sumptuous Ohika Castle on Long Island. 160 people attended the wedding, and Caroline says the day was magical. My husband and I know how lucky we are to have had that weekend. It was beyond beautiful. Caroline says it was nearly perfect, except for something that caught her eye, an unusual mark on her father's face. The last thing I saw before walking down the aisle at my wedding was this white scar from here to here. And in my mind, I was like, what is that? Weeks later, she found out. Mike revealed to Caroline what he said was a dark, disturbing secret. He claimed Sue had been physically abusing him for years. Forty-eight hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield, don't worry, be warranty. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. 
And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I called him on his birthday and I said, how are you doing? And he just started crying. It was late November 2017, just three weeks after her fairy tale wedding, when Caroline says her father shared a disturbing secret about Sue that he had promised not to tell. And he said, Sue was arrested. And he said, she started attacking me. And I think he was so victimized that he was really scared to tell anyone. Sue had been charged with domestic battery, but the details of what happened that day would not become public until two years later, at Mike's trial for attempted murder. When they both testified about the last tumultuous months of their marriage. Ma'am, please be seated. What was the state of their marriage? I think it was in the lowest place that it could possibly be before a divorce. I was upset. Sue told prosecutor David Byron that shortly after Caroline's wedding, Mike told her it had gone nearly $150,000 over budget. Was it fair to say that you were partially upset with defendant, but mostly at Caroline? Yes. Mike says Sue attacked him when the fight escalated. She throws the phone at him and charges around the bed pushes and just start eating like this. But Mike didn't call 911 that day. Sue did. I just felt as though things were a little out of control. When police arrived, Sue admitted to pushing Mike and agreed to go to their beach condo to defuse the situation. But she was arrested half an hour later when she hadn't yet left the house. He said, please place your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. Sue told the jury that she was ordered to stay away from Mike. She moved to their beach condo and got counseling for alcohol and anger management. Weeks later, Mike declined to pursue the battery charge and it was dropped. Prosecutor Sean Brewer. Did she have a problem with alcohol? Susan Rochelle has testified that at times when she would drink, um, she would lose her temper. But Mike says Sue's actions went way beyond a bad temper. He told the jury she had tormented him for years. She lunged at me again, punched me in the face, um, scratched my face, punched me in the arms, and bent my glasses, actually. She would throw things at him, very heavy things, like vases and very heavy coffee mugs. Sue denies abusing Mike, and Mike never reported any of the alleged incidents to police. Is it true that you have seen your father with a black eye? He's sent me multiple pictures of him with a black eye. Mike did take photos of some injuries, which he shared with Caroline and later the jury. He has a picture that he showed me of his face gushing blood and there was one mark from here to here the prosecution admits this injury may have been caused by sue 
but they say the evidence shows Sue was fighting for her life after Mike attacked her. There are text messages where she accuses him of smothering her with a pillow, which in fact is the the same instance that she ended up scratching him in the face. Despite the alleged abuse and Sue's arrest, Mike says he still loved his wife and wanted to stay married. In February 2018, he asked Sue to come to Gainesville for the weekend. Mike had asked me to come in. He wanted us to work on the marriage. They decided to go to their favorite steakhouse. That's Sue on home security video getting ready and enjoying a glass of wine. Mike arrives home and the two share a kiss before heading out. But over steaks and more wine, old wounds reopen. He just received a text message from Caroline. Sue says that's when Mike admitted he had betrayed her trust by telling Caroline about Sue's arrest. He and I both agreed that we weren't going to discuss that. Mike drove home alone. Sue followed in an Uber, her anger spilling into a series of text messages about Caroline. Good luck with your bitch. She will ruin any relationship you have. Once home, they went to separate parts of the house. Sue continued her angry texts. I am filing for divorce. I will leave in the morning. The last text from Sue is sent at 10.13 p.m. You have serious boundary issues with your daughter. Later, Sue says she was alone in the guest room when Mike entered. There are no cameras inside that room. And he just hopped on top of me. And I felt like this pressure right here. And then all of a sudden I saw a knife. I said, oh my God, did you stab me? And he said, yes. At some point, does he say something to you? He said, "Uh, Sue, we're not getting a divorce. Sue says Mike was on top of her, pinning her arms with his legs. In the struggle, her left thumb was sliced. Then she says Mike stabbed her again. And my neck right here. Sue says Mike then started slashing her wrist. I felt like he was mutilating me. My hand, it was like just, I couldn't feel anything. And I could see into my arm. Losing blood, her life in danger, Sue says she vomited and lost control of her bodily functions. She says she tried to wriggle out from under Mike, and they ended up lying sideways across the bed. He just said to me, Sue, we're just going to lay here until you die. Sue says as she was lying there, struggling to stay awake, she saw Mike raise the knife yet again. Desperate, she offered him a way out. I said, Mike, we don't have to divorce. I won't divorce you. Just put the knife down. Sue says after Mike put the knife down, she begged him to call for help. But he would only do that 
if she agreed to say an intruder had stabbed her. When she agrees to go with his story of the intruders, she saved her life. A toxic marriage, texts brimming with hate, and a bloody room. Mike Rochelle's future will now depend on whether he can convince jurors that he is the real victim. What is the strongest evidence that supports Sue's account? See more of the trial evidence at 48hours.com. When first responders entered this bloody scene in the early morning hours of February 3rd, 2018, they'd been told by Mike Rochelle that a stranger had broken into their home and assaulted his wife, and then him with a knife. But in court, now with his defense attorneys Patrick McGinnis and Ann Fennell, Mike admits that story was a lie and says he's finally ready to tell the truth. He says despite Sue's drinking and violent outbursts, he was hoping to reconcile that night. I don't care if she's a melodrunk the rest of her life, just the anger's got to go. But at dinner, once again, they fought about Caroline, and that fight continued back at the house. After that, Mike and Sue's stories diverge. Mike says he came into the guest room a little after 10 and was startled to see Sue kneeling on the bed holding a knife. I said, Sue, give me the knife. And then next thing I know, I felt searing heat. That's, that's all I remember. And I'm just trying to get my hands on it. I'm on the bed with her now. We're all on our knees. Mike doesn't say how he got his hands on the knife, but he says as they struggled and fell over on the bed, he felt the blade go into Sue's stomach. She's falling backwards and I'm falling in front on top. I felt the knife penetrate here and I... I rolled off as fast as I could because I was afraid if that went in her, it would kill her. Mike offers no explanation for how Sue was stabbed in the neck or thumb. But he does say about one minute into the struggle, he somehow calmed her down and put the knife out of reach. Now, you're both bleeding during this point in time, right? Yeah, but it's not spurting and there's no blood at all you can see on Sue through, the, through here. Mike says he wanted to call for help right away, but Sue wouldn't let him because she was afraid she'd be arrested again. I said, Sue, we need to go to the hospital. And she said, then make up a story so I don't get arrested. Mike says they argued about a possible cover story. But then, as bizarre as it sounds, they just lay together, bleeding for several hours. Having what Mike says was one of the best conversations of their lives about future vacations to Europe. We talked about going to Germany on the Rhine and Moselle River Cruise. Maybe we'll do Burgundy next. If Mike is speaking the truth, this happy conversation happened on a bed soaked with blood and human waste. Greece, because we've never been to Greece in Carolina. Mike never mentions that. Tuscany and Florence. And prosecutor David Byron suspects why. Is this believable? I don't think it's believable at all. He held her there, and he can't admit that. Michael Rochelle had months and months to go over the evidence and construct a story that fit with things that 
he couldn't admit. According to Mike, at about 3 a.m., their dog, Susie, wandered into this bloody scene where violence was about to erupt again. I get up out of the bed to deal with a dog, and, and behind me was the knife, and next thing I know, she sliced her right wrist with her left hand. Did you talk to her about why she had cut herself? Yeah, she said she doesn't want to go to jail. I said, Sue, I'm not going to send you to jail. I'm not going to get you arrested. Calm down. She goes, you promise, you promise? I said, yes. As Mike tells it, Sue cooked up the whole idea to lie to police. And he reluctantly agreed in order to protect her. I said, then the only chance I have is to turn the cameras off to give a window of opportunity to say someone broke in and did this to us. Mike says after Sue cut her own wrist, he left the room to turn off security cameras and stage a break-in. 25 minutes passed before he called 911 and turned the cameras on again. And he's doing that with the knowledge that with every beat of her heart, more of her blood is pouring into that bed. But the defense thinks the blood at the crime scene helps to prove their case. People lie. The forensics don't lie, and that's why the blood spatter was so important in this case. Michael Berklin is a former doctor and bloodstain pattern analyst who testified for the defense. What do you consider the most important blood evidence inside that bedroom? The arterial spurt patterns. Berklin says he reviewed records which stated a small artery in Sue's wrist was cut that night. And he believes the blood here on the pillowcase and here on the nightstand came from that artery. The important thing about arteries, though, is that you get blood coming out of that with every beat of the heart. Berklin uses stage blood and a small syringe to demonstrate the way Sue's blood may have traveled, making a line or fine spray of drops. So the blood, in your opinion, gives us a timeline as to when Sue's wrist was actually cut. Correct, because arteries don't close up on their own. Remember, Sue says the attack, including the cuts to her wrist, started sometime after 10.13 p.m. But Mike says Sue cut her own wrist at around 3 a.m., hours later. Berklin says if Sue's wrist was cut before 11, she would have died long before help arrived. How much time does she have to live, in your opinion? If the wounds happen no later than 11 o'clock, she's dead before it ever hits midnight. Which leads you to believe what? When it comes to this injury, to the wrist, Michael's story makes more sense. The defense team says if we can't trust Sue's account about what time things happened, then her entire story is suspect. It is absolutely impossible to have happened the way she claims it did. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. 
Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Inside this box. This is the knife that was used to stab Susan. Encased in protective plastic. This is a lot of blood. This is a lot of blood. Are the remnants of the vicious confrontation inside that bedroom that prosecutor Sean Brewer is certain contain evidence of an attempted murder? This is Mike Rochelle's pajamas. Yes. And they are soaked in blood. And whose blood is that? Well, Susan is the one that had the injuries that provided uh, the mass amount of bleeding. So if blood could talk, this blood is telling you what? This blood is telling me that um, Michael was on top of her while he was stabbing her, and um, she was bleeding quite a bit without any aid. Prosecutors say this evidence backs up Sue's testimony that Mike attacked her. They also say the items on that bedside table help prove this was not a dynamic fight between two people. David Byron says that only one person had control of the situation, Mike Ruchel. There's a full glass of wine, there's some glasses, there's a lamp, and it's evidence of the fact that Michael Ruchel was so physically capable of constraining her that none of those things are disturbed. And the prosecution disputes defense expert Michael Berkland's claim that these stains on the nightstand came from spurting blood from Sue's wrist. Instead, their expert says the blood was most likely cast off, flung from the knife, and not from Sue cutting her own wrist. The cast off shows that he was swinging that knife as he's plunging it into her stomach and into her neck. Prosecutor Brewer not only attacks Berkland's conclusions, he also challenges his credibility, letting jurors know that his medical license was suspended and he was later arrested for storing body parts from autopsies in Tupperware containers in an unusual place. You were storing them at Uncle Bob's storage shed, weren't you? In a climate control room. Were you storing them at Uncle Bob's storage shed? Yes. And the actual organs that you were storing included brains and hearts? I did have some hearts and brains, yes. Berkland says the organs were preserved for private cases he was working on while he was still a licensed doctor. I used the storage locker because they were safe and secure. Either that or I put them in my house. This was safer than my house. The charges were later dropped. Prosecutors also want the jury to know that the severity of Sue's wrist wound suggests she did not do it herself. The one that was truly life-threatening was the, the cuts that the defendant made to her wrist. 
She was cut all the way down to the bone. Mike's injuries were a lot less serious. As you can see, he had some small cuts on his fingers and stomach. And Sue says these larger cuts to his forearms were, in fact, self-inflicted. He put the knife in my hand, and he stabbed himself in the arm. And what about that story Mike told investigators that an intruder did all this? The prosecution says it was all his idea to cover up what he had done. He turned off the cameras and did things to make the police believe that there had been a burglar. And the motive for this alleged attack? The prosecution believes it was all about money, that Mike didn't want to give up half of his fortune, millions of dollars, in a divorce. You didn't tell this jury that after all you've been through, it didn't seem fair for Susan to take half your money? Yeah, that is true. It didn't seem fair. The prosecution refutes Mike's claims that he still wanted to reconcile the troubled marriage by pointing out that he had visited three dating sites. Ukrainian single girl, Irina. She's 18 years old, right? I looked at pictures of women with clothes on. Yes, sir. I understand they had clothes on, sir. The question I'm asking is, you were looking for your next girlfriend, right? No, I'll tell you exactly what I was looking for. Sure. All I want out of a woman in my life is someone to be kind and nice to me. That's all I care about. I looked at pictures and descriptions of how they would treat their male, and Sue and I looked at these together many times in, in our relationship and saying, Sue, that's all I need from anybody. Please be nice to me, please. The defense counters that Mike's other internet searches prove that he was being abused by Sue. Did you visit numerous sites related to battered husbands? Yes, I did. He has all of the economic resources. He's not cut off from any family members. Michael Rochelle doesn't meet any of the criteria for what a battered spouse is. The defense also tries to counter Sue's claim that Mike's attack came after she threatened divorce. They produced dozens of text messages going back to 2015 that show Sue had made that threat many, many times. You actually say, for the 50th time, I want a divorce. It's just an expression, like saying for the, you know, 100th time. But it is about 50 times, isn't it? I don't know. I didn't count. And defense attorney Ann Fennell suggests those texts also reveal Sue's destructive intentions. Have you told him I hate you? Yes. Okay. You've said, I will destroy you. Yes. And on your anniversary in 2017, hate you. Happy 10th anniversary. I'm divorcing you. You d You said that. Yes. In her closing argument, Fennell insists Mike would never try to kill for money. She says Sue was the aggressor that night, and Mike was just defending himself. She hates everybody. She hates his daughters. She hates his former spouse. That's how hateful this woman was and is. But the prosecution says there is no question Mike wanted Sue dead. This is not a frenzied struggle between two adults. 
This is a bloodbath committed by one person who has imprisoned the other on that bed. In the War of the Rochelles, jurors will soon decide which one they believe. Whose story rings true? Mike or Sue Rochelle? See more of their home security footage on Facebook at 48 Hours. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. As the jury goes out to deliberate, um, what are those minutes and hours like for you? I, I just like couldn't talk to anyone. <laughs> I spent the past year and a half, like, mentally preparing myself for the worst and hoping for the best. Caroline does not have long to wait. All rise for the jury. After a nine-day trial, it took little more than four hours for the jury to reach a verdict. They say a quick verdict is often a prosecutor's verdict. It's a thought that creeps into your head, but you never really know what a jury is going to do. Members of the jury, I understand you have reached a verdict. We have your honor. Would you please pass it to my bailiff? We, the jury, unanimously find as follows to defendant Michael James Rochelle in this case. As to count one, the defendant is guilty of attempted first-degree murder as charged in Guilty. Mike Rochelle is convicted of the most serious count against him. We were all so shocked. As to count two, the defendant is guilty of false imprisonment. In quick succession, the jury also finds Rochelle guilty of four additional crimes, including false imprisonment and tampering with evidence. Juror number 51, is this your true verdict? Yes. Jurors utterly reject Mike's story of a knife fight with his wife. Prosecutor Sean Brewer says justice was served to a man who lied to investigators and to the jury. Michael went through great lengths to try and kill Susan. He just wasn't very good at it. And what's more, Brewer says, Mike Rochelle tried to kill Sue not once, but twice. While he was in jail awaiting trial, an informant came forward to claim Mike tried to hire a hitman to kill Sue. A charge Mike strongly denies. Do you believe that your father, in jail, plotted to hire someone to murder his wife? No. Honestly, I don't mean to laugh, but it is beyond laughable. As we were interviewing Caroline, she got a phone call that surprised us. Dad? Hi, I'm good. I'm 
with 48 hours right now, literally with cameras. Mike Rochelle allowed me to ask a few questions. Mike, I just want to hear you tell me, did you take a knife into the room that night on February 2nd, 2018 and attack your wife? Absolutely not. And you're telling me the truth. Absolutely, on my children's lives. All I did was defend myself and I got attacked. Last December, everyone returns to Judge William Davis's courtroom for sentencing. The victim in this crime, Sue Rochelle, does not appear in person. Remain standing face the judge and raise your right hand, please. When it's Caroline's turn to speak, the moment is charged with emotion. No one is as positive, caring, and generous than this man. I will say, I am and will always be a proud daughter. One of the most caring, kind, gentle people I've ever met. Several colleagues and friends speak of Mike in glowing terms. He's a good person. The Mike Rochelle I know is a stand-up gentleman. Then Judge William Davis took center stage. Mr. Rochelle, will you please stand? Mike was about to learn his fate person I heard through the evidence and the witnesses was somebody who was cold, they were brutal. On count one, the attempted uh, first degree premeditated murder, I'm going to sentence you to 30 years imprisonment in the park. All told, the judge gives Rochelle 30 years, not the 50 years requested by prosecutors. But for Mike, who is 64 years old, it is, in essence, a life sentence. Here are two sophisticated people, very wealthy, living in paradise, in one of the most beautiful parts of Florida, and yet they couldn't work this out. It's a real tragedy, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, when you hear who Michael and Susan Rochelle were before this all occurred, they lived exemplary and mostly normal lives. And to see it get to this point really is a tragedy. The War of the Rochelles is not over. Mike and Sue are divorcing and continue to fight over the marital assets, including the house where Sue was nearly stabbed to death. Right now, it seems as if everything is unpredictable. We're all stuck at home. And like you, I'm feeling a bit helpless right now. But fear not. I want you to know you are not alone. We want to get through this as soon as possible. We can do that all working together. We've got to look out for each other. We are here for you. We're still us. And we will get through this. Because we're all in this together. Isn't that right, Sam? He says that's right. Take true crime with you on your shirt, mug, or hat with official 48 Hours merchandise at ParamountShop.com. You can take 20% off with code HOURS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 48 Hours products with code HOURS20 at ParamountShop.com. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, 
were exposed as frauds, but none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.